0: Hi, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Pivotal Moment. I'm your host, Nikita Faustin. Great news, ladies and gentlemen, to share at the top of the show. Our podcast was just picked up by, wait for it, Pandora. Yes, Pandora and Amazon Music. So yes, yes, and yes. Of course, we are still available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. Listen whenever and wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for your support, for your shares, for your tweets, um, for making Pivotal Moment grow, expand, and reach the audiences that we have reached. We have so much more to go. And today, I am delighted to bring one of my favorite episodes and guests to you. Joyce Equimardo is a part of history. She's only the 12th female in history to be a part of the Harlem Globetrotters. She's the first Nigerian to play on the famous team. She's a former WNBA player, and now she is a sought-after motivational speaker. Equamardo shares her pivotal moment with us, the moment that made the difference, that took her from where she was to where she wanted to be. And here's a little bit more about Joyce. You were the first Nigerian to play on the Harlem Globetrotters. You've traveled to over 30 countries. Um, you were a former member of the Nigerian national basketball team, a former member of the WNBA. Um, you've been on the Jimmy Fallon show, Queen Latifah show, Rachel Ray, Nickelodeon, uh, Disney mm-hmm. Canada, and like a whole lot of others. You're like coaching. You just do all these things. So I don't know if you like Shaka Khan, mm-hmm. or every woman, but you do a lot. So, <laughs> so, <the> first. <laughs> The first question is how have you been able to put all this in one lifetime? Where did it start in terms of? Oh, my goodness. That's a big question, but where did it start? That is a
1: great question. So (laughs) literally, I just started playing at 10 years old played outside at, at 10 years old, uh, used to live in Irving, Texas, so, you know, a lot of the neighborhood kids, just, that was a thing to do, and so I fell in love with the sport. Um, back when I started playing in 96-97, um, that was when the WNBA uh, started, so, like, my initial stage of playing, there wasn't really an after, you know, math or aftermarket for For girls to aspire to be and then so in 97 was when the WNBA started so I was like oh my gosh I want to be a basketball player and you know at 10 years old you say things but then you know you're speaking it into the air and you're speaking it into existence so um I played against boys all the time it was just me and this one other girl that used to do that and um again, fell in love with the sport, my favorite player at the time, before the WNBA, was Allen Iverson, so I remember uh, watching, yes, the answer, (laughs) I remember watching him, like, uh, all the time, you know, crossing over Michael Jordan, and just being undersized, and just seeing how much heart he had uh, for the game, and then I remember there was a Reebok commercial he did, where it sort of broke down his um, crossover, so I remember doing that over and over and over and over, and it became a part of my package so when the WNBA uh, came about I was like oh my gosh there are women who are just ballers like the men and so it was neat because they paved the way for me to be able to dream you know Um, and so growing up you know I just kind of took it leisurely because I'm I'm a product of two Nigerian parents and so uh, they didn't believe in sports being a career like that just wasn't a thing so I didn't have a lot of support from my parents um, they were more so like oh face your books you need to be a doctor a lawyer uh, you know something in the medical field a judge an architect like something uh, engineered that was uh, another big one um, and that's what they wholeheartedly believed so anytime I would you know tell like my AU teams or uh, my club teams hey you know I'm not going to play this weekend I've got to work or you know something that just didn't really make sense at that age. They would be like, no, you know, like my, my teammates were like, you know, you're playing in this championship game. Like, I don't care what you're saying. You're going to quit that job, you know, all this stuff. So I think uh, they all saw my talent and I didn't know how good I was. I just really loved playing. And um, that transitioned into getting scholarships for college and colleges started to look at me. And so that's when my parents were like, oh, wait, so uh-huh. basketball, can take you to college for free? Like, oh, okay. Yes,
0: yes. <laughs> sure. You
1: know, like now we're on the bandwagon a little bit. So, I uh, ended up going to Texas State University, uh, mid-major, Division One. It wasn't like my top college that I wanted to go to, but at the time, I, again, I didn't really know much about getting recruited. So, started playing select ball a little bit later than uh, normal, and so you know, all these life experiences are life experiences that now I can you know, go and teach kids like, no, no, this is the path to go, you know, towards success. But even despite all of that, you know, I still uh, was able to accomplish a lot. Uh, My senior year at Texas state, I played on the national team for Nigeria. Um, And that's really where the ball started rolling uh, for my dream to like start coming into fruition. So my head coach for the national team for Nigeria and was uh, an assistant coach for the Houston Comets who won championships in the WNBA. So this man is like coaching like people that I looked up to growing up. And so, of course, I'm going to listen to him. He's like, hey, if you want to get to that next level, you've got to transition into be a, being a point guard. And so I listened to him. He took me under his wing. Um, I was able to have a look uh, from San Antonio Silver Stars in 2008. Um, and my school, Texas State, was only 45 minutes away from San Antonio, and so this is the thing, like, look at God work type thing, like, Man, all this time, it? I'm like, right, I'm like, oh, that wasn't my first choice in school, I wanted to go to Duke, or I wanted to go to yeah. OU, or even UT, and, you know, those um, letters weren't coming in, and I didn't even know the, po- I didn't know I could pick up the phone and call, you know, mm. colleges, so anyway, um, in my meeting with the superstars coach, he was like, you know what, I've been watching you since you were a sophomore at Texas wow. State Literally, because oh, you're wow. 45 minutes down the road. Sure. Yes, sure. so I uh, got that opportunity and it was crazy because, like, I'm literally in the gym with people I, like, looked up to and then That's crazy. I had to step out of it quickly. You gotta, you gotta yeah. pinch
0: yourself, right, Joyce?
1: Yeah, I gotta pinch yourself. And so I was like, wait a minute. Now I'm lacing up my shoes like she's lacing, you know, <laughs> Becky Hammond's lacing up her shoes. So now I gotta step out of it and I've gotta, you know, really hold my own. Um, unfortunately, the WNBA. Um, uh, Stanton was short lived. It was, I was there for half a season and I got waived and then I was able to play in Poland and Italy. Um, still played on national team from 2008 to 2018. So 10 years with that. Um, and then another basketball opportunity came just from sticking with it. Uh, and it was with the Grove Chargers, something I never even knew was an opportunity. Okay, yeah, didn't know.
0: let me just tell our listeners this real quick, because I met Joyce during All-Star Weekend. She came into a panel discussion of all of these female executives in sports. And so Joyce comes in, she's got the basketball, she's spinning it on one finger, and she gets mm-hmm. the panelists off the stage and gets them involved in the game of basketball, which I thought was awesome. Um, so I can see why you are so able to like have the crowd in the palm of your hand. Now take us to, <laughs> no, seriously, because I was like, how is she going to get them to do this? She's like, show a trick. <laughs> um, and then they would do it and we're going to put the video on the show notes so they can see it. But How yeah. did you get to the Harlem Globetrotters? Next question.
1: Yeah, that is a great question because again, it was something that like, I never grew up thinking about. I didn't even know it was an opportunity. Um, and again, because I went to Texas State, um, one of my friends he was on the Globetrotters. He played on the men's team at Texas State, and so I'm just checking up on him. His name's Brandon Bush, and I was like, "Hey, Brandon, I'm like, what you been up to?" He's like, "Oh." I'm on the group I was like, wait, what? Hey, like, when way? did that happen? <laughs> yeah, i gonna drop. That you and mean keep like, going, like what? <laughs> yeah, like Charlie Neal. Like, how they used to like do tricks and stuff. He's like, yeah. So, um, and he's like, you know what? They have girls too. I was like, well, man, put me on. And so he tells them a little bit about me. And um, at the time in 2012, I was teaching and coaching. So I'm in the middle of like, you know, giving back to the game and teaching kids and using my story and. You know, getting them skilled and trained to go to the next level. And here's another opportunity that's like, hey, you know, you better hop on this. So, I go to Houston. I have no idea, like, what the first thing is that they're going to ask me to do. Like, I couldn't spin the ball on my finger. Didn't know any tricks. I didn't grow up doing that stuff. I grew up, like, literally trying to be in the WNBA. So, um, I get in there, and they're like, hey, uh, shoot, shoot, just shoot the ball. I was like shoot like like a regular shot like not you know any tricks or anything mm-hmm. like no so you know I that was like my number one feature or like strength in basketball shooting so I was like cool I ended up making fifteen shots in a row no,
0: so they were like hold what? on hold on yes, yes, fifteen, in, right a row, 15 shots in a row and I was threes. 15 no, plays in a row. No, 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 yes. no, you didn't. That was it. Oh, you clapped you just came in there showing off, like dropping them, dropping them. Oh, showing, <laughs> showing <laughs> off, <laughs> right? That's amazing. Didn't even know
1: it. So uh, then they're like, all right, we'll play with these guys. And so, uh, mind you, when I was 10 years old, I played with boys all the time. So it was like. I was a kid again. I was like, oh, I've always played with guys, you know, growing, even in college, like, we had male practice players. That was just the thing to do. So I played against the guys. I scored a couple of times, you know, held my own, um, showed that I belonged. And then the final stage was, let's just talk. Like, who are you? Like, what are you going to do? And I guess they fell in love with the personality. Yeah. And said they really needed... Someone who not only was a good basketball player, but that could relate to kids and that had some sort of charisma to them in, in a light. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of that was history. And I became the 12th female uh, in history that's ever played for the home gold trucker and the first Nigerian uh, to ever play. I beat the guys. And so they had oh. to respect me. But, you know, I think I can speak for every woman that's in a male dominated industry. You always have to go in proving yourself, right? Like, yes. they don't. Yes give you that respect like you have to earn it and once that you get it it's like oh no like she's like one of us if not better like oh she can help she don't bet on me uh over some of the guys so uh they really were supportive they they had my back with a lot of things they taught me a lot of things uh, as far as the camaraderie of being a glove trotter um the tricks um better ways to you know carry off the the jokes within the show the entertainment side of it and so we really had like a family uh, uh atmosphere and and you know we all had different personalities but our main goal was to bring smiles to people's faces and I think we were all uh, cut from that same fabric so Wow. it was great great experience
0: you're like a perfect fit for that because you're like a one woman show we were like hey we're five people can we do what she does she's like no sit down <laughs> I'm
1: like, come on i'm teaching i'm teaching everybody so it was great though you know with corporate uh women it was you don't know you know you we really used to being
0: serious so I love to bring that kid out of everybody. That was awesome. It was something to actually witness because everyone is sitting up there and they're very, you know, they're very corporate and they're very, Mm -hmm. they're very like, you know, they're accessible and approachable at the same time they're on this mm-hmm. and you just broke it down. And it was this, the most awesome thing to see. It was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you get that kind of response every time you step out on the court and are you ever nervous or does it just come naturally? Like you feel like your most authentic self when you're out there.
1: Um, Prior to being on the court, uh, even when I do motivational speaking, uh, from even when I was playing competitively from, being ten years old, all the way to the pros, there's always a sense of anxiety. Like yeah. I really want to be successful, mm-hmm. and so you get so anxious when that ball's tossed up. Is the same way as when I get grab the mic. So it's the same feeling. Like mm-hmm. okay, I've grabbed the mic now. Now this is my court. In a sense, like mm-hmm. now I'm comfortable. Now uh, I want people to feel like my authenticity. I want to feel uh, my energy and and hopefully take away something that they can apply to their lives, whether it is watching me competitively, um, you know, I have fans that come up afterwards, like especially when I played on national team for Nigeria, yeah. those are girls and kids, boys, girls, uh, that I'm coming from a whole nother part of the world, but I, I that, they're my heritage. Those are my roots yeah. and I'm representing them too. So it was like, man, I want to do what she does. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, I'm just playing ball. There's some that I was ta- uh, given, you know, God given talent. I'm just mm-hmm. playing ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I'm on the mic, it's like, maybe there's something, a word or maybe a part of my story that resonates with someone and that sticks with them. I think that's my purpose on this earth, whether it was on the court, whether it was entertaining on the court, whether it was on, on a stage with the mic. I know that using basketball is my metaphor. Uh, is going to inspire and impact someone out there some way. And I just want to shed my light on people. And so I think once I get on that stage, the nerves kind of go away. And it's like, all right, this is you. You're just being conversational, you know. And I love being interactive because that also takes pressure off of me. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I don't want to just be up there giving a lecture. And you may or may not be interested what are you interested in let's collaborate let's be interactive I so i love
0: that oh my goodness mm-hmm. such a good mo- i'm like motivated now i'm like i just took a joy set. <laughs> this is like a one-on-one workshop so so workshop. i'm so serious okay so you'll send me the bill later so this is what i want to <laughs> this show is called pivotal moment and so i ask people about that moment that changed it all in their lives that took them from where they were to where they wanted to be and so i have to ask is, is your pivotal moment one that we've already talked about? Or is it something totally different that really made all the difference or the biggest difference?
1: Um, I think that it would have been probably uh, going into the Globetrotters. I think that was very pivotal for me because um, it was taking a step away from my whole life being super duper competitive and uh, I now was able to add my goofy side, my personality, to my craft of being competitive. So, um, I think the Globetrotters pulled something out of me as well with the motivational speaking piece that I didn't know had in me. I I know in college, like people would ask me to speak all the time, and I spoke in front of a whole uh, a bunch of our athletes when we were graduating. Um, but I, you know, I never identified as a speaker. Uh, but I think just going through that experience and doing it over and over and over and becoming more comfortable, I think that was the shift of, hey, you're more than an athlete. Um, I think after games, even when people would say, yeah. you're a blessing, uh, yeah. my kid watched you. Even, and I had little boy, I had boys coming up saying I was their favorite player amongst LeBron and Steph Curry. Wow. And that's like, well, what? Like, yeah. you never would have guessed that because I'm a girl. You don't know. Power guy little boy's gonna, you know, take this, I'm the girl off there. You know, girls will identify with you more than likely, but boys too. So That's I think crazy. just realizing that impact that um just me doing what I love to do, that I think was the pivotal moment. And I think a lot of that came from, you know, becoming a globe trotter and then even after post globe trotter and still what I'm doing today. So I would say that was the shift and the shift now is you know, I think everybody asks this question uh, when they're alone is like what is what am I here doing? Like what am I supposed to be doing on this earth? What's my purpose? Yeah. But I think just finding that direction and, and that north star and and yeah. going and focusing your energy towards that and making sure that, you know, it's not always all about you. Who are you helping? Who who are you pulling that ladder down to? Who who's who are you helping to climb up the ladder? You know, it's about the business of serving others like who can I help live their dream it may not be with basketball maybe in something totally off track of sports but because they heard your story down they're motivated and I think that's uh, where the fulfillment comes in.
0: That's amazing. I'm motivated now. I gotta figure out something to do with my life. This is awesome. <laughs> I gotta figure it out this is awesome, <laughs> Joyce. This is awesome. This has really I'm got me going to <laughs> collaborate now. We're <laughs> ready to collaborate. Let me ask you this because because no really you really are a great speaker. Even in that brief time that we got to hear you, how do you decide where to speak and where do you typically speak? Like where can we find you? Are you doing colleges and graduations, speeches, corporate, where do you speak?
1: Um, so, right now I am partnered with the WNBA team at Dallas Wings. Okay. Um, and it's a great partnership where I get to carry out their community outreach of anti bullying. Um, so, there's an anti bullying program that I pretty much spearhead and uh, they set up the schools that I go to speak at. And then I go into those uh, sc- venues and, you know, carry out the program. Um, I've done leadership conferences, but right now I'm literally. Figuring that out, like, my niche, I believe, is youth. I love youth. I love the energy. Um, Corporate is also great because I can bring the youth out of corporate people. Yes, you can. So it's just, I'm still soul searching. I'm still trying to figure that out and, like, what is the direction I really want to head towards. And so um, that's what I'm saying. Like, I am totally open to uh, anyone who's listening. Like, hey, if you need a speaker, I love women empowerment i love purposeful living you know i think those are my niches and then how can i get you know girls involved in sports what sports has done for me because i i'm living i lived it you know and that's something you want to stick with your expertise and and again it's just your life story who can your life story help
0: so you've been in 30 countries as we talked about earlier and you're the first um, Nigerian player that was on the Harlem Globetrotters and now you're speaking mm-hmm. to kids and these mass audiences and telling them about what can happen and through the mm-hmm. story or metaphor of basketball why do you think mm-hmm. this is kind of a broad question but why do you think sports is so pivotal this is pivotal moment but why do you think it's so pivotal and do you think you would have the clarity you have about your role and your purpose without sports or without basketball in particular why is it so
1: important oh. That is a juicy question. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Juicy it's got my Yes, yes. yes I've got my wheels turning right now. <laughs> All love right. It. So I will best. say, yeah, no, this is great because literally I know sports is important and pivotal for athletes because they've told me. literally I I could take my own life story, but recently there've been kids that said, you know what? Without volleyball, I wouldn't have got my, I wouldn't have got my grades together. I don't know what I've been in the streets. I would have been probably into drugs. Um, I had another kid that said, uh, without sports, like I would have, you know, hung out with the wrong crowd. Uh, I would have had behavior issues in class because, the coaches stay on their butts. The coaches, if the one thing that teachers do is they go to the coach, they say, Hey, I'm having a problem with this athlete. How can you help me? Oh, we'll fix that real quick. Okay. When they get to the, to the gym, they're going to run, they're going to do child pushes and they'll realize, okay, please don't tell my coach. I'm going to shape up. I'm going to get my behavior together. I'm going to get my grades together. And another thing is force is a privilege. So for me growing up, I was always pretty much a, uh, British sport like all oh, of a student like I I liked reading I liked I was kind of like a nerd <laughs> but um so like school wasn't really an issue for me but I knew that like if I ever like fell off that I wouldn't be able to play sports so okay. that in itself is like sports is a reward like you get okay. to play if you're passing that's a reason why you're called a student athlete and with that Okay, not only does it get you academically uh, on board, but also your character, right? So yes. through sports, you learn to be prompt. You, like if you're, I was late to practice in high school, and I had to do towel pushes. And that quickly solved that problem. Yes. Uh, I was late in college. I had to run bleachers. That solved that problem. Mm-hmm. I knew, it taught me respect. Um, I couldn't just talk back to anybody because yes. <laughs> they would solve that problem. It taught me being confident in my, um, you know, obviously if you're, if you prepare yourself in your, within your sport, putting in extra hours. So that translates into the, the workforce employability skills, right? right? right. So if you want to be great at something, it's, there's not a secret formula. You got to work hard at it, right? So, or because I put in an extra 45 minutes after our two and a half hour practices as a senior in college. That was the difference between me getting to the next level and the rest of my teammates not. Because I was working on my own individual skill. How can I make myself better to then make my team better? Um, And it wasn't a secret. But years before, I wasn't doing that. Um, So it was like uh, I was focusing on, okay, I need to become better. How do I do that? I don't only just say that. I write down goals. How can I meet this goal, you know, as a team? It teaches you teamwork, dealing with different personalities. How can I be a leader uh, of this group with different personalities and get everybody to buy in being a captain of a team? So all of those things translate again, into employability skills. That's the workforce. Globetrotters, I'm female amongst male men. So now we have women CEOs, women directors, being a woman in a male dominated industry. So without sports, I'm not too sure. That I would have learned these lessons, I'm not too sure where I would have been, Um, and there's a reason why. At 10 years old, I picked up ball and fell in love with it, and at 33 years old now, I still am in love with with the sport. So, wow, it is something that
0: awesome. Awesome, you have such a great story and a wonderful way of kind of encapsulating all the pertinent parts and conveying how that relates to the people listening. And I love that. So I want to ask you this about basketball, about women's basketball, the WNBA and and female athletes in particular, but specifically basketball. How do we get people Mm -hmm. as excited as we do sometimes about the NBA, as we can be and should be about the WNBA, because it's such an amazing experience—the thrill of the game, the pace—it's yeah. it, just amazing, and it's just so much more to me interactive. So, how do we how do we convey that energy to get people as driven and as passionate about it as those who are familiar with it? You
1: know what? I think there needs to be um, brand familiarity, um, and what I mean by that is, I think that. Players in the WNBA need to get out into the community. Mm -hmm. You need to start speaking with people. People are not going to know about something if they don't know about it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if I go speak and I'm speaking on behalf of the Dallas Wings, the kids are going to gravitate towards choice, but I'm not on the Dallas Wings, right? So the Mm -hmm. kids are going to be, okay, this person's cool. I want to see this person, but I'm not on the court. So why not let's put players out there in the community? Not, you know, not every player can speak. Not every player uh, wants to do appearances and stuff like that. But I think that they need to be seen. I think that um, not only do marketing dollars have to be put in um, strategically, but also the players have to do their part into getting to the community so that people are building relationships with them and wanting to buy in. Um also, I, I would love to see the NBA uh, being like a big brother, you know, like uh, what things work for the NBA players. Let's transition that into the WNBA yes. uh, and looking at it from that aspect. Uh, you know, it's kind of tough to get people to watch a game. I'm speaking the, for the, from the WNBA standpoint, whenever ESPN is broadcasting a game at Wednesday, like on a Wednesday at 11 a.m., who's watching that, Um, where everybody's at work, they could say there's, you know, a game on ESPN, and that's, like, cool, but look at uh, that, was that strategic? Like, Uh that doesn't, that's not really strategic in my eyes because Uh people are working, you know? Like, what about primetime? And, you know, I think there may be fear of maybe losing money doing that, but I think that if you uh, package it correctly, that you know people are start to recognize okay and if we are it's it, the time is now we are in the in the time frame of women empowerment like we are that that ball's rolling in our direction and you could see with the with the collective bargaining agreement with the salaries going up um you can see with the women's national team for soccer you know, and there are more women on TV. We have International Women's Day month, yeah. and there's more dollars putting in, but these big companies still are still trying to figure out how do we bridge that gap. So mm-hmm. I think it's just a it's getting out there. It's getting it's getting people, athletes, relatable people, not just any athlete. <laughs> um, your star, right. right, yeah. right, right, right. star athlete, yeah, your star athlete, maybe your star athlete, but they may not be relatable. They may yeah. not be personable. Yeah. So don't put that person out there. You know, yeah. so. I think that's just really building relationships, I think, is what it comes down to.
0: This is so good. So, okay, Joyce, I know I have talked for a great deal, but this is what I do. (laughs) So, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you think is particularly important or relevant to our talk about sports, um, female athletes, and the game of basketball? Well, I think you hit everything on the nail. I would
1: actually like to hear about you a little bit oh my and goodness. what it's your pivotal you just, moment you was.
0: Turned the tables on well, the Oh, whole... so I tell you, my pivotal moment and why I started the show is because mm-hmm. I was challenged on a story pitch that I submitted, and mm-hmm. the, the challenge came with giving this person additional detail, and I thought. I have given you 30 stories with specific detail about each possibility, and this is still the inquiry. And it kind of frustrated me a bit. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna stop trying to tell your story. I'm gonna tell my story. And I'm gonna tell the stories Mm -hmm. of people who did something because of one moment. That was my one moment. And it made this show, and all the people I've interviewed since then, and all the platforms I'm in it or on. And so, but for that kind of challenge, Tension, what have you, uh-huh. I wouldn't have done it. Uh-huh. You know, um, mm-hmm. a, I'll give it a moment. no one has asked me that so far. That is something, mm-hmm. that juicy question. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> going back to that juicy that was a good one that was a good one so yeah we have to talk offline because i have i may have some speaking opportunities and folks to kind of connect you with because i think you need um or what people need i should say is to see the example of what can be right and Mm -hmm. the possibility in living form in dribbling form Mm -hmm. in motivational Mm -hmm. form of what that looks like and i think that's that's awesome that's you so, I would
1: love to talk offline. Yeah, That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes. um,
0: we want to thank Joyce for coming on the show and for sharing with us her background, her heart, her humor, her skills, her ability to relate and be relatable. We love that. And we're going to keep following her. And where can people follow you uh, as they are learning more about themselves and being empowered?
1: Cool. So their um, Instagram, I'm pretty big with Instagram. So you can follow me at MissJoyce22. And that's M-I-S-S. J-O-Y-C-E 22. Uh, also on LinkedIn, my full name, Joyce Akramadu. And then my website, jmoneytalks.com. So uh, there's several different outlets and that you can reach me okay. at, and I'm very responsive. So yes. don't be afraid yeah, to shoot is. me an email. Blow her up, <laughs> Blow her up. Blow doesn't... me up. Blow <laughs> me up. I love to talk. I she love to response. talk to everybody. And my I, main thing is I let it pick your brain, so I, I love to hear people's stories and go from there.
0: Today, and I will include all of her information in the show notes. So if you did not have a pin, you will be able to find it at the end of the show. So Joyce, I'm going to talk to you in a second. Thank you, listeners, for listening to this episode. We will talk with you next time.
1: Bye, listeners. <laughs> Thank you, Joyce. <laughs>
0: Bye. <laughs> great great guest great episode what an awesome time with joyce ecuamardo former harlem globetrotter star player for the Nigeria national team former wnba player and current motivational speaker amazing athlete and influencer she is follow joyce on her social media platforms listed below in the show notes and become a fan of wnba basketball if you have not already And check out the rest of our Game Changer series with Chicago Sky owner Michael Alter, Las Vegas Aces player, and Team USA member Kelsey Plum, and so many more. Find us, remember, on our new platforms, Amazon Music and Pandora. Listen to us also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. Thank you so much for your support. It means everything. Your follow, shares, tweets, retweets and likes we love it keep it coming i'm your host nikita faustin we will talk to you next time